2: Take a lickin'. <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you just for chicken.
0: Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show brought to you by Tractor Supply, where we give away more chicken coops and chicken-related prizes than anyone else on the planet. We are often imitated, but never duplicated. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Today is Monday, May 12th, and I would like to thank all of you for tuning in this afternoon on Blog Talk Radio. This is a live radio show that is broadcast around the world. This radio show is all about keeping backyard poultry, show poultry, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit our website, chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter and become a fan on Facebook. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tractor Supply. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer here, and I would like to take a moment to tell you all about the great chicken coops over at Woodtex Products. Woodtex Products manufactures, sells, and delivers chicken coops nationwide. They have been in the building business for over 31 years, so they know their stuff. Their chicken coops are built to last and withstand any type of weather. They're portable durable, stylish, and come in many different sizes. Their chicken coops can be purchased fully assembled or as kits. Check out Woodtex products online at www.woodtex.com and see for yourself what all the clucking is about. Order a chicken coop in April or May and receive $175 in upgrades for free. Remember, that's www.woodtex.com you need an incubator, think Brenzi, the incubation specialist. Brenzi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brenzi.com. Brensy spelled B R I N S E A. That's Brensy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code Whisper at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg handlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brensy. Technology you can trust. Introducing the Chicken Fountain, a new way to water your flock. The Chicken Fountain will change your life and keep your chickens healthier by providing clean, fresh water every time. No more daily cleaning of dirty chicken waterers. This semi-sealed system keeps every drop of water fresh and clean. Proudly made in the USA, the Chicken Fountain will provide your flock with fresh, clean water for years to come. To order your Chicken Fountain, visit ChickenFountain.com. That's ChickenFountain.com.
3: Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
0: And the mighty bird against prejudice
2: continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky,
3: you'll know it's Super Chicken.
0: All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on this special episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We're glad that you tuned in today. We have some important uh, topics to discuss today, and I've got some wonderful special guests that are going to be joining us right away. And so I'm going to go ahead and head over to the switchboard and uh, bring our special guests on live, and then I will introduce them individually. They will all stay live throughout the show. I know that uh, Dr. McRae and both Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, may have some questions for uh, Dr. Beravesh, um throughout the show, and we're going to talk first about the uh, current outbreak of salmonella um, and uh, what it's all about, what the strains are, things like that. I've got a, a list of questions I have for our guests that we've compiled. Uh, they have received the questions, so they can be uh, most prepared to answer these, um, and then uh, after... Um, Dr. Beravesh comes on and talks about the outbreak and, and answers some questions. Um, she can stay on as, as long as she, she would like. Uh, we know she's very busy and may need to get back to uh, to, to work, and then we'll talk about what Uh, we need to do as far as uh, our chickens, if we did get chickens from this specific hatchery. Is there anything I need to do differently now that there is an outbreak? Uh, Vaccinations, uh, calling, different things like that and possible options uh, a little later um, in the show. So first things first, I'm going to head over here to the phone lines and I'm going to bring on our three guests live and then introduce them individually and welcome them to the show. First, of course, uh, Dr. Casey uh, Barabek, she is with the CDC, she is the Deputy Chief of the uh, 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 outbreak uh, department there and she's going to give us a little bit more about her background and her position there so we'll start with you Casey thank you very much for joining us.
1: Hi good afternoon Andy thanks for having me on I'm happy to be here to talk with everyone about this ongoing outbreak investigation.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. And then uh, next up, of course, and I'll all be live because we may have some interaction during the show, uh, is uh, poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray at Delaware State University. Uh, Dr. McCray, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Thank you, Andy, for organizing all of us today.
0: Absolutely, trying to get the uh, the information out there. don't want to, of course, create a, a panic uh, by any means, but do want the information. There's a lot of questions out there from, from the newbie. This is the first chickens they've received to uh, even maybe the experienced uh, breeder that has some questions about these specific, specific strains. And then uh, last but not least, of course, our good friend Peter Brown, also known as the chicken doctor and founder of First State Vet Supply. Thank you very much for joining us today, Peter.
2: Yeah, Andy, thanks. Good for being here.
0: Thank you. Alrighty. uh, As stated, we're going to go ahead and start uh, with Casey uh, down at the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. And and, uh, Casey, if you would kind of tell us uh, uh, updates. A lot of people have seen um, our links that we've posted uh, about the uh, outbreak, but give us some specifics about this specific outbreak and then we'll get into the strains.
1: Sure. So at the CDC, we're working with our state health partners to investigate an outbreak of salmonella infections, and we have linked illnesses in people across 23 states to contact with live poultry and backyard flocks, and this includes chicks and ducklings. So there are... Many different types of Salmonella, the ones we're looking at with this investigation, are called Salmonella Infantis and Salmonella Newport. They're actually three different strains of Salmonella um, based on their DNA fingerprints, That's something that we track here at CDC for the bacteria to help us find out about outbreaks and illnesses so we can do our investigations, and that's how this outbreak came to our attention. So what we're seeing right now is we have 60 illnesses in people from 23 straight states with these outbreak strains, 31% of people have been hospitalized so far. That's actually a little bit higher than we would typically see for salmonella. Usually we see around 20% of people getting sick in an outbreak being hospitalized, so 31% is higher here. The first date someone got sick was in early February, and this outbreak is very much ongoing. We're continuing to receive reports of illnesses. When we do our investigations, we work with the states who talk to people who got sick and ask a variety of questions about what people did in the week before they got sick, what foods they ate, what grocery stores they shopped at, what restaurants they went to, what events they might have attended, what animals they contacted. And the only thing sick people had in common in this outbreak was contact with chicks and ducklings and other live poultry. So whenever we continued on with our investigation and started asking questions about where people were purchasing these birds, we saw that the majority of them were buying them from a variety of different feed store locations, feed and farm stores in multiple Mm -hmm. states. And then when we talked to the feed and farm stores to find out where their birds were coming from, those birds traced back to Mount Healthy hatcheries in Ohio.
0: Okay. Now, before I forget, because we'll go down the list of questions here that we've got, but uh, like I said in our email to all the guests today, some answers uh, will spark a different question. You had stated that there were three, um, I think, strands of salmonella that that you all track, and and I hear numbers like there may be 2,500 different strains of salmonella that are out there. Not all of those may be... something that can transfer over to the, the human and make us sick, but you, you uh, use the number as three. Um, are there more, uh, are, are those just the ones that, um, tell, tell us what's that about, I don't, I don't, I don't want you know, to waste time and put words in your mouth, are, are those just the three strands that can infect us as humans or uh, you use the number three and, and we hear numbers like t- 2,000 different uh, types of salmonella. What, what does that mean exactly?
1: Sure, Andy. So you're right. There are over 2,500 different what we call serotypes of salmonella. And there are many that might live in the birds, and chickens can appear, appear perfectly healthy, happy, and clean, and not be showing any signs of illness, but some of those can jump over into people and make them sick. It's called a zoonotic disease when something spreads between people and animals. And that's what we're seeing with these three particular strains of salmonella that we have linked with illnesses um, and people who had contact with live poultry that were sourced out of Mount Healthy Hatchery in Ohio.
0: Okay, and I I know of two, uh, there there was the, um, what is it, Newport and and Infantis? Infantis. Infantis, okay. And then um, there, there are three, those are the two, but is there a different strand that falls under one of those two? Sure, so So there
1: are are two different DNA fingerprints of the Salmonella Infantis and one of the Salmonella
0: Newport. Okay, gotcha. And um, going down the list here, it sounds like you're still currently getting people uh, reported to you that are are becoming ill. Um, I know every case is different. Do you anticipate at this um, uh, time of this particular outbreak, uh, anticipate more illnesses to come?
1: Yes, this outbreak is very much ongoing. Um, We have a delay in reporting for public health, and that's because it takes people, you know, one to three days from the time they're exposed to salmonella for their illness to start. Then our studies show it can take as many as five days before they go see their health care provider. Then the health care provider may or may not take a stool sample for salmonella. If that's done, it can take a few more days to grow that salmonella bacteria in the laboratory, and then the laboratory at the clinical setting will have to send it over to public health officials and it can take up to 10 days to do the, um, the DNA fingerprinting and serotyping work that we need before it's even confirmed as part of an outbreak. So that delay for salmonella is about two to four weeks. So this outbreak very much is ongoing, and that any illnesses that happen after about mid-April might not yet be reported to us because of that time delay.
0: And, and, and of course, we're, we're falling into that time period with Easter when, when so many people across the country uh, get those Easter basket surprises, um, though we advocate against that every year. But, you know, you, you can't can't stop all of that so we're I guess we're still in that time period from the the hot uh, easter time of people getting uh, baby chicks and, and ducks the um uh, I had a question wanted to my tongue. the um give me just a second Sure, and, oh, and Andy, also so you, you often you often talk about a number of n- non-reports <laughs> that the people who have may uh, have salmonella that, that may not get as severe to go to a hospital, go to the doctor, but they still got the salmonella uh, from the, this outbreak we're talking about. But they just you <laughs> talked about a, a, a number, a percentage, like we see this many more people that may be sick than the numbers that we're um, uh, advertising.
1: Sure, thanks for bringing that up. That's something very important to mention, that for every one illness that's confirmed in the laboratory as part of our outbreak, there's as many as 29 other salmonella illnesses out there due to the same cause. So many more illnesses happening than um, people who get sick, the doctor again may or may not do the test and it may or may not show up to public health officials. So that number is 29 for each one of those laboratory confirmed cases. And Andy, it's also important for people to know that salmonella can be much more than a few days of diarrhea and discomfort. Salmonella can cause serious illnesses like brain infections, bloodstream infections, and joint infections, and there are some people out there who are especially at higher risk for getting these forms of serious illness from salmonella, and those are young kids under five years old, people who have weakened immune systems, maybe someone undergoing chemotherapy or with some other underlying illness, and then um, senior citizens over 65 as well.
0: Okay. Um, and, and, of course, people can always visit the CDC and get uh, tips um, and handling tips if, if you have the uh, uh, any type of, of live poultry, um, tips on how to handle them, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later in the show. Um, getting down to some more questions, and, folks, this is a live radio show, and, and we know that we're going to ask a lot of questions that we've gotten from our fans on Facebook and Twitter and, and then questions from uh, from others that I've talked to in person there just, uh, again, may be some questions that may not be answered based on confidentiality or, or need to know, whatever you want to call it. So I'm going to go down some more questions here, and, and we'll see what, what we can get shared with everybody. Um, what measures on your end at the, at the CDC are being taken to kind of eliminate uh, this spread? And, and it may not be eliminating the spread, but at least uh, identifying the sick and trying to eliminate any more of the spread but so so what measures would be taken on your end with the C D C and and I guess your recommendations to the hatchery to try to eliminate this or control it?
1: Sure. So at the CDC, we're the disease detectives responsible for identifying these outbreaks and solving them and figuring out what went wrong. And so we work very closely with our partners at State Departments of Agriculture, with the United States Department of Agriculture. They have a National Poultry Improvement Plan, or NPIP, as people know it. And we work very closely with them to share the information and get teams of people together to determine, you know, what needs to be done to to put a stop to this problem.
0: Okay. Very good. Or um, this was a question that was asked. It's a question that I, that I was curious about. I've talked with some folks. Um, are uh, we, we, we've identified the hatchery um, that where, where the chicks and, and ducklings are coming from? Uh, you know, the disease detectives have tracked that back. Um, I guess the, the, the biggest question, and, and I came, uh, is are. Are are the infected chicks? Uh, has the source been found? And, and are or does the hatchery still shipping chicks like today or tomorrow? If it's a shipping day, have uh, are, are we found where we can eliminate that those sick chicks and stop that? But other chicks are still being uh, shipped. If we called Mount Hatchery today and and wanted to order chicks, can we still make an order and, and purchase them? What what and uh, and and that that leads into. It's a good segue. After that is and I'm not asking this, this was asked on our Facebook page, uh, after four or five years of this same hatchery um, being uh, um, identified as, as being um, a, a problem, uh, why hasn't the hatchery been shut down? Now, I will have full disclosure, uh, Mount Healthy Hatchery has been a sponsor of, of the Chicken Whisperer radio show for probably four years and they advertise in, in, in Chicken Whisperer magazine and in April's Life magazine as well. So, um, but, but I still ask hard questions that's what this is all about so um, are chicks uh, possibly infected ch- chicks still being shipped and and from others that have posted this why haven't they been shut down if, after five years
1: sure Andy so you're correct this Mount Healthy Hatcheries is the same mail-order hatchery that's been linked to multiple outbreaks of salmonella infections linked to chicks and ducklings in the past including um, several outbreaks in the last couple of years And we know that this hatchery uses multiple source flocks to get their eggs and chicks from, so it's Mm -hmm. unclear exactly where the contamination has originated. But public health officials, veterinary officials, and agriculture officials have been working together and are continuing to try to work with the hatchery to make recommendations for improvement so we can put a stop to this problem. It is my understanding that the hatchery is still, um, you know, filling orders. So that's something for people to be aware of.
0: Okay, very, very interesting. Is there any – Is well, now, I'll ask this question because I know our listeners like, are thinking about it. If, you Because know, I'm sure uh, there are a lot of people that haven't got this news. And they go online, they do, do a Google search, I'm going to buy some chicks, I'm going to get involved in this. And they buy uh, from, from Mount Healthy, um, Still identifying kind of the, the the pathway to the source. So if you order from Mount Healthy today, um, and you're all over this this specific outbreak, there's still a chance if you order from them today, you may be getting chicks with have the, these strands of salmonella. Yes. Okay, gotcha. And um, these are you said I think earlier, not to repeat, but um, these are the, the strands uh, the the um, that we have that you've identified for this outbreak, same as the years past?
1: We have seen these three strains linked to past outbreaks that involve Mount Healthy Hatcheries. That's
0: correct. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, loaded question, and and here's, um, uh, we're starting to get into, uh, and and we're going to open this up Peter and and, uh, Bridget to ask you some questions here in just a second as well. Um, But uh, the loaded question, and we hear this all the time, whenever I post something about salmonella and and it's, wanting to educate and just get the knowledge and the information out there. Um, I'll have people say, um, it's not a big deal. It's as simple as just washing your hands. So, and and then now a lot of news media is saying, wash your hands and don't kiss your chickens. They, they started to add that in there. You know, don't kiss your chickens. So uh, the question is just, uh, do I need to do anything more than just not kiss my chickens and make sure to wash my hands appropriately, soap and water and some type of uh, you know, Purell hand sanitizer? Um, or... And we had talked about this last week, uh, uh, Casey, Um, now that there's a confirmed outbreak, uh, has the game changed uh, regarding what I need to do? I guess what I need to do still stays the same, but knowing there's an outbreak, um, uh, there, there may be things I need to change. And does that change if I know that I received chicks that were from Mount Healthy that may be contaminated versus you know, I've had these same chicks for five years or um, I don't have chicks from there, but I still need to, of course, use some, some guidelines to do that. So um, is it, now that there's a confirmed outbreak, has anything changed other than, hey, don't kiss my chickens and wash my hands well? Um, and and uh, um, let's start off with that.
1: <laughs> so, sure. And just to make clear that any chicken can carry salmonella. Chickens, appear perfectly healthy and clean, but can spread salmonella that can make people sick. It can also be in the environment. You don't have to directly touch a chicken to get sick. We've heard so many stories of little babies that get sick in these outbreaks and they've never touched the chickens, but maybe someone brought something in from the chicken coop and cleaned it in the kitchen sink or they were out handling the chickens and then they came in and made a a baby bottle and cross-contamination occurs and next thing you know we have a little baby getting sick and ending up in the hospital. So, you know, making sure people are aware it's not just touching the birds, these germs can get into the environment. Um, bringing birds inside of your house, bring salmonella inside of your house, and salmonella loves to hang out in the dust and other places in your house, and it can be in there for very long periods of time, so that's why it's important to keep your birds outside. About half of people who get sick in these live poultry outbreaks brought the birds inside their house for some reason, and we know that keeping them outside is the best thing for the birds as well as for the people, and I know you are always talking about ways to keep birds warm outside without using a heat lamp, so that's something (laughs) important to mention here as well. Um, Absolutely. So, like I, I said, gonna, any, uh, chicken, any chicken any chicken can have salmonella, but birds coming from Mount Healthy Hatchery right now are more likely to have salmonella that can make people sick, and people need to be aware of that and be extra careful with that, especially if they have some of those high-risk people in their homes. The little kids under five, people with weakened immune systems are senior citizens.
0: Okay. Now, you said that different age groups. I know this outbreak I saw just... Just uh, just today, I saw a news report where, uh, as of this outbreak, the youngest um, uh, ill is under a year old, a few months old, and then the oldest is 95 years old, uh, regarding this outbreak. What a, what a widespread from just a few months to 95 years old. Um, yep,
1: that's correct. And our median age in the outbreak is 29 years, so half of people who are sick are under 29 years, and 40% are kids under 10.
0: Okay. Okay hear this question every day. It was posted a gazillion times on uh, my Facebook page with only 60 ill in the nation that we know of. And we talked about the number being maybe 29 times that uh, that may be sick right now, just not the case where they're going to the hospital and getting reported. Um, Is this something I really need to be concerned with? And they always, Casey, seem to contribute to something else. How many people die from the flu? How many people die from guns? How many people die from car wrecks? We've got 60 people here that are ill, and yet, you know, you're, you're uh, and I've, I've been accused of this myself, you're, you're fear-mongering. And the, the word fear has never been, it's education, it's getting the information out there. So, so, and I've heard that so many times you hear it every day with 60 people that we know of ill versus How many people got sick from lettuce or car wrecks or guns or things? Um, Why why do I need to stop what I'm doing today and, and think about this or learn about this?
1: You know, Andy, there are a lot of public health issues out there that are really important. You're talking about, you know, foodborne diseases, car accidents, different things like that. Having 60 salmonella illnesses in this outbreak is a big deal. This is a large outbreak. These illnesses are preventable. Um, Mm -hmm. It's no fun to be in the hospital. It's no fun to have diarrhea or even bloody diarrhea and vomiting for several days. Um, It is a big deal, and it's preventable.
0: And, and the painful uh, stomach cramps and, and hospitalization, and, and like you said, that the secondary infections that, that can come with this. Um, I, I know that I posted when I initially made the post, when, when you all made the post publicly at 3:30 uh, last week, and then you notified me, and I, I started making that. Then you know, I, I I knew what kind of comments we would get because we get it every time we talk about salmonella. And so I posted on there. I was like, you know, look, I'm a regular Joe. I, I get it, but. Um, uh, i understand that if you're a chicken farmer and you've kept chickens for 60 years and you've never had salmonella your, your opinion is this may be hogwash but if you buried a daughter because she handled baby chicks and got salmonella and is now dead this is a very serious topic for you so there's got to, there's a there's a, a, a median in here somewhere in between that between the this is hogwash and well I, you know i this affected my family and I lost a daughter or a granddaughter because of this. you even stated on the national webinar that somebody's and and I, and I get you know if you want to call it shock factor or whatever I was a paramedic, and I was taught to use the word dead not passed away, not gone to another place dead as a paramedic for years um, somebody's grandma is dead now because somebody had the bright idea to bring in baby chicks to a nursing home and use them as therapy animals that that's a documented case that you had shared about with on on the um on the uh, the webinar we did uh, a few months ago, so um, it, there there is some importance here, regardless you know what the the, the comments that we see on, on our Facebook page. Um, wrapping it up, and I'm going to get in and see if uh, uh, Peter or uh, Bridget have any questions. Where is the salmonella found in or on or around my chicken? You kind of hinted to it about you know um, bringing it in, maybe not even handling poultry. But is it in the chicken gut? Is it on in the poop? Is it, again, on, on the outside of the egg because of the poop? Um, is it um, inside the egg as well? So these, these salmonella that we're talking about um, does it also equal uh, cooking my eggs up to 160 degrees? Could uh, these strands n- notoriously inside the egg as well? And so that I think that's a very important question. On the egg, in the egg, in the poop. Uh, wh- where where can I find this uh, all these strains that we're talking about today? All the above. Exactly, Everyone, all of
1: the use. above, and that's why it's especially important to cook your eggs thoroughly as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So it could be on, on, on the inside. Okay. Last question, I'm going to open it up to Dr. McCrary and, uh, and Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, back questions back to, to you, Casey, and then we'll, we'll have some discussion and then get into the uh, treatments of possible treatments of chickens and things like that, and, and this is a great segue question to that. If I purchased purchase chicks from Mount Healthy Hatchery, um, and we, this is a specific question from our Facebook page, um, three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, or, or I bought a year ago, um, do we have an idea of how long this has been going how long they've been shipping in- infected birds um, with with this? Uh, I, we under you know and of course we have the ones that say I just got them two weeks ago but I thought this was more interesting question that I bought them six months ago or I bought mine last spring from Mount Healthy Casey um, uh, okay, so what is do we know is this from last year just two weeks ago this season um, how can you help the folks that have chicks from there at many different time frames?
1: Sure, that's an important question. I can tell you that we have had multiple outbreaks linked to this hatchery going back since 2009, so there's the potential for for any bird that's come from this hatchery to have salmonella and people need to be aware of that and to to treat their birds, um, you know, carefully, like you mentioned, having hand sanitizer out of the chicken coop until they can get inside to wash their hands. Keeping birds outside of the house, not kissing birds, and following some of these simple precautions that people can do to stay healthy while joining enjoying their backyard flocks. Uh, Andy, I, if please, I can chime yes.
3: in,
0: yep, this uh, is the perfect one time. of the things you've actually... heard me.
3: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say it's perfect timing. This is exactly where I was going to bring you and Peter on. If you have questions for, for Casey from up to this point that, that you wrote down and any other comments, and then we'll get into kind of treating the, uh, the birds or, or what our options are. Sure, go ahead, Dr. McPherson. Well,
3: since, since Casey was very clear in explaining that this is a, a series of serovars and strains within serovars that have shown up time and again, one of the things I've said in the past is, you need to separate your age groups. So if you get baby chicks in, you don't want to mix them immediately with your older birds. This is one of the reasons why. It could be that one set of birds birds has something that could infect the other set, but if you keep them separate, then one set doesn't get sick from the other. And it comes back to some basic biosecurity measures. Nobody really likes to talk about biosecurity, but here's one of the organisms that can really call your bluff on biosecurity. As um, Casey clearly stated, it can come in on anything, your shoes, your hair, your jacket. You can bring it into the house. And think of your flock. Whenever you have new chicks or you have chickens, think of them as dirty, no matter what you did out there with them, even if you just filled their water and didn't actually go inside the coop. You have to consider that whatever you have come in contact with out there, even if it's the dust with your coop, you can carry that back into the house. And depending on what you do in the house, whether it's immediately chop up a salad or, or make something that's not going to be cooked, you could infect the rest of your family. If you have chicks that you're brooding inside the house, you need to consider them as dirty. And so any dust that floats out of the room they're in, any equipment that you bring in and out of the room they're in, whether it be for for washing or filling with feeders or waters, you need to make sure that you wash them thoroughly and you wash your hands after working with the birds. Preferably change your clothes so that you're not carrying any infective organisms around on your clothing. Now, if you do have chicks from Mount Healthy Hatchery, what should you do? Well, until you can get a definitive diagnosis from your state poultry health diagnostic lab or a diagnostic lab of any sort in your state, depending on what state you're from, or a veterinarian, or a extension poultry specialist, you just assume that they have it and treat them accordingly. Mm -hmm. So that means use your biosecurity measures that Andy has so carefully explained over the years. And Mr. Brown, do you have any suggestions? I've kind of monopolized the conversation.
2: No, that's okay. I was listening intently. I have a question for Dr. Casey in a minute, but... um, my take on it's a little bit different I uh, would uh, strongly suggest uh, that any chicks coming in from a hatchery that's still possibly shipping contaminated goods uh, my opinion would be to put them all down I would not contaminate my premise one second and and I would not biosecurity is is, is good and I I applaud it I'm a big fan of it Andy knows that we've talked about it a zillion times I support you and your efforts to encourage people to uh, to uh, perform biosecurity, but this can go airborne very easily. So if you have them on the same premise, suppose they are infected. So you you do all the the due diligence. Now you constantly, constantly have something that is a threat to every other healthy thing you have, including yourself. So from my perspective, um, and being a flock owner myself, uh, the, these birds would not make it from the post office to my place. They would just, exactly, I'm gonna, I'm, and that look, is an option, and I, that's absolutely. Hard. That's hard. That's hard. I understand it. Um, there are those out there who uh, uh, who may have a different feeling about it, and anybody who knows what my position has been over the years has certainly been an advocate for the birds and, and not this kind of behavior. But this yeah. this is where you, do you let this group in and put everybody else at risk. I think not. Okay, okay one two, two things- questions here. Uh, before you get started, Andy,
3: one of the things okay. you can do is when you go to pick up your chicks at the at the post office, you can inspect the shipment. You can open up that box, and if for some reason five out of your 20 chicks are dead, don't accept the shipment. Um, yeah, That's that right. that right. if right. you have something that can actually affect the chicks. This is an organism, however, that isn't designed necessarily... To infect the chicks, it is um, something that they carry, but we, the humans, uh, react to it differently. Doesn't mean the chicks can't die from it, but they they can be carriers. Go ahead, Mr. Brown.
2: Well, I just you know um, uh, this stuff becomes airborne so easily, and and you can have a a, a hatcher in these big commercial hatcheries. I've, I've I've worked in them before. I cut my teeth in them uh, in my early career, and you can have uh, tray after tray after tray of birds that came from a healthy negative Salmonella flock, but the uh, the uh, trays of, of hatching eggs all around them and above them are contaminated, and everybody becomes contaminated in that, in that hatcher. So they they may not be showing symptoms at all. I just would not do this. This this to me is okay. is, is a that, that's my personal opinion I, I know people yeah. can argue it and differ with it, but they would not make it from my the post office to my home they would not
0: here here's the
2: um two areas
0: the two real scenarios um, that I've heard from new 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 chicken owners and and even in uh, current chicken owners uh, as well regarding um, their uh, specific birds from from mount healthy uh Light, and we're going to talk about the possible vaccination, not vaccinating things like that here in just a second. But um, I've heard them say, you know, um, if, if if I got these birds and I, and I did all these precautions and maybe I just went and got vaccinated, whether that's going to help or, or not, um, I still, as long as these birds are alive, for the next 10 or 12 years, I will be paranoid. It will be in the back of my mind. I'll be afraid to eat the eggs. I'll be afraid to eat the chicken. I'll be afraid to handle them just because of this uh, this confirmed these chickens came from this outbreak so so they do we want them they don't want for the next 10 years to be scared and paranoid it, it may be their answer to call them so they have peace of mind and order from another hatchery uh, so so that's number one that, that's that scenario that the folks that will never be comfortable knowing their chicks came from out healthy no matter how we tell them to, to handle them or treat them and then number two this goes to your question Peter um, um, using your question of if you knew they came from this hatchery, to, to call them or just not accept them when, when if they've already been been delivered. But if this is a risk with every chicken we're ever going to buy for the next 20 years, every chicken from every hatchery has this potential, um, we're obviously not going to kill every Chicken, you see what I'm saying? Is, is it yeah. because this is a confirmed outbreak? Is is right. why that sets this apart? Because if any chicken can carry this or have it, and and, and a lot can and, and possibly infect us, whether we bought them here or not. Um, is it because this is a confirmed outbreak that makes your answer more um, yes, acceptable? That you know, I would call them because it's a confirmed outbreak and we know it.
2: Yeah, I mean, versus you know, may, it, maybe they have it. The, the, the risk mm-hmm. to me, from my perspective, is, is too great, and the outcome is, is usually never good. And um, mm-hmm. we we know that this is a problem. This has been an ongoing problem for what the last five six years, um, since I, I think uh, Dr. Casey said 2009 somewhere around there, whatever. Uh, I mean, this has just been an ongoing thing. So why would you knowingly bring a potential time bomb into an operation where you have healthy birds? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, you always will take a risk when you buy a bird from somebody else, something that you didn't have any control over. You always have that risk. But this risk is evident. This is a known risk right straight up front. I won't even argue the point with people. I mean, if people want to do it, go ahead. I, I do this every day, and people do it, you know, they do crazy things every day, uh, crazier than this. So, you know, I mean, if they, because they paid for them, if they want to bring them in, Uh, and and contaminate themselves and everything else on their their premise, they're more than welcome to do so. Mm -hmm. I just think it's crazy. And this is Casey. I want to
1: add that it's important when people are bringing birds into their existing flocks or starting a flock, they can order from a hatchery that follows USDA's best management practices for salmonella prevention in these hatcheries. It's um, some guidance that's recently been released that many of the hatcheries follow, so that's important to know as well when selecting where to order your
0: birds from. Um, let me go. can point, I? Can it's, I about 20, it's, it's about twenty two. I want to see, um, I want to give, uh, uh, I know, I know uh, Dr. McGray has to leave at, at, at 3, um, and then um, Casey, I'm sure, is very, very busy there dealing with this outbreak, so I want to, at this point... If if Dr. McRae or or Peter Brown have any questions for uh, Dr. Ravesh at the CDC, we can cover that, and then I'll give uh, Casey the opportunity, if she needs to break away, to to do that. And then we'll talk about, you know, birds and and, and care for the birds and and, uh, possible vaccinations for them, if that's going to do any things like that. Um, Do either uh, Dr. McRae or or Peter have any specific questions for Casey up to this point?
2: My question for for Dr. Casey was... um, has this hatchery at any time during this uh, outbreak uh, been stopped from shipping until they at least cleaned the place up or disinfected everything? I've been in a hatchery before for many years, and I know how they operate, but I've also seen you know uh, some of the sloppiness in some of the things that they do. I can't speak for this particular uh, hatchery. I've never been there. But um, has it ever been shut down and cleaned from top to bottom? And I mean ventilation and you know everything that's there that was contaminated, the, the chick pads that have been sitting around and haven't been used yet and those kinds of things. Do you have any information on that at all?
1: I I am not aware that that has happened.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: I have a Doctor question McCray. for...
3: Go ahead, Dr. Beravesh. I'm going to um, ask about your partnerships uh, with the CDC in actual Ohio itself? Are you working with the Ohio Department of Agriculture or the Extension Service at through the land-grant universities to do some more of the tracebacks to find out where the source of infection lies?
1: Sure. So during these outbreak investigations, we work with public health officials at the state health departments, and that includes the Ohio Department of Health, and we also work with agriculture officials, um, so in this case with the Ohio Department of Agriculture, as well as USDA and the National Poultry Improvement Plan and their, um, you know, state agents and a a variety of people representing
3: human and
1: animal health are involved.
3: So who is out there actually taking swabs and doing the tracebacks to see if they can find this mysterious source of salmonella? Sure.
1: So, as I mentioned before, um, Mount Healthy Hatcheries uses multiple source flocks to get their eggs and chicks from, and so that's something, it's unclear at this time exactly where the contamination is coming from. There's a variety of laboratory testing going on out there in the homes of ill people, you know, um, people testing their chickens testing samples from the feed store environment, um, as well as continuing to work on this investigation and determine where else we're able to collect samples.
3: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, Casey, you're more than welcome to hang out and, and, and for the rest of the show and, and put your two cents worth, chime in, any, any of that information. We may even have some questions for you a little later, but I know you are, uh, are swamped and... Um, uh, and may need to break away at any time. So I'll, I will give you that, that option, and uh, I will see when if you want to hang out as long as you can, and I will see on the switchboard when you, when you break away. But if that's the case, then I'll go ahead and, and thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to, to join us and talk about the outbreak and answer uh, our question, I think, on my list of questions, um, specifically for you at this time. Uh, We have completed, but uh, uh, again, you're more than welcome to hang out because we may refer back to some questions only you may be able to answer. Um, Topics and questions for Peter or Bridget would be, um, my chickens just arrived from Mount Healthy. Uh, What do you suggest uh, that I do? We know that Peter at that point would say, do not accept them, ship them back, do not, you know, you don't even want to be near them or bring them to your home. And and he was very clear about that. Uh, Dr. McRae, do you have your answer to that question? They just arrived.
3: Well, I want to address a a potential situation. Um, Some people may Mm -hmm. be tempted to just throw some antibiotics at their birds because you Mm -hmm. and I have talked many times about, you know, vaccines tend to work for viruses and antibiotics really tend to be aimed towards bacteria. Well, salmonella is a bacteria. Not all antibiotics work 100% of the time. There's only certain antibiotics that may be effective against this particular organism if it's there in your birds. Uh, Depending on whether the birds have it, the dose of antibiotics and the regimen that you give, uh, the birds still could have the organism. And then where are you left feeling? You're back at square one. Do you want to have these birds?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that, that leads us to our next question. Is, is there a test? I'm sure there is. Uh, uh, is there a test that I can have done uh, whether I got these chickens from Mount Healthy this week, last week, or nine months ago? Is there a test I can have done that would tell me if my chickens have salmonella? Um, is, is it 2,500 tests to, to, to see if they have any of the, the above mentioned that we talked about? Is, will they test for the most common how expensive is it? And do I have to have one out of my flock tested? Like, I guess some MPIP do. They'll test one or two out of your whole flock and then give you, um, or does every chicken have to be tested? And we'll start with, uh, either, uh, Dr. McRae, you can answer that. So is there okay. testing can be done, roughly how sure. much it would be, and is it, it testing for all time, of though. them, or just a few? Go ahead.
3: It, it takes time to do this testing because you actually have to culture the bacteria many times. Um. Probably not your local veterinarian would be prepared to do this. Your state poultry diagnostic lab will gladly take um, fecal samples of your birds or you can provide them to your state diagnostic lab. And that day, your birds could be clean, could be that tomorrow they shed the organism, but today they didn't. Um, Sometimes... Poultry shed bacteria in an intermittent pattern. So I would test all your birds if you have less than 300 birds. I would also, um, if this is something that really racks your brain, I, I might test a couple times a year. Depends on what you can afford. Not all states provide free testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to check and see what your budget can allow and how comfortable you are if, in doing regular testing.
0: If you, if you have uh, 40 birds and you do a cross-section of those, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'll test 20% of them. I would I'll do all eight.
3: 40 birds.
0: All of them, okay. I just didn't know if uh, the, the chances are one or two versus Especially all. Especially if, if you've okay, been nice.
3: mixing them. If you had birds last year from Mount Healthy and you mix them with your regular flock, yeah, I'd taste everybody. I would even go so far if you got chicks from Mount Healthy two weeks ago. I might go so far as to find out where what's the current status of my regular flock, and Mm -hmm. should I, you know, should I ever put these birds out there?
0: Okay, and um, uh, it's 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 not a blood test. It's done. It's a fecal test to test for the salmonella. Correct. Typically,
3: but there are blood tests you could do. It depends on. What your diagnostic lab is willing to work with you in doing.
0: Okay, okay, and um, the next the next question, and we'll give this to to Peter. I know you were doing some research for it. Um, again, when we're dealing with the possibility of twenty five hundred different types, um, should, is there a vaccination for this? Should I vaccinate them? And what is is there any guarantee that it's going to help work or, or even deal with? Um, uh, the, the salmonella that may have, uh, affect my chickens because uh, of all the different types um, and then if I do vaccinate uh, does it change anything? Uh, can they still um, uh, have this be carriers, still infect me
2: and if that's the case why, why do it to begin with Peter? Yeah I want to jump back quickly uh, sure. to the uh, testing part of this thing um, uh, I would find it odd that um, the average backyard flock holder Um, with 30 or 40 birds, would be willing to shell out the money uh, to to test the birds. Uh, Bridget might, I might, Um, but um, by and large, the average person will not, and uh, that's why we find ourselves uh, in this quagmire of disease that's perpetual, whether it be salmonella, salmonella, uh, whether it be uh, mycoplasma uh, or the like, uh, the fact that uh, running these tests, getting them done, getting a result, having a laboratory tell you, oh, you sh- no need to do it because uh, all chickens have it, and all these kinds of things, which uh, is done uh, on a regular basis. So, <clears throat> that therein lies lies the problem. Uh,
3: but there uh, are some free states that do it for free.
2: There there are some, but the majority of them are are not uh, correct. You know, and and the even even the, the, the cost, for instance, a. Uh, this can be done uh, on a two-day test with a PCR test uh, if the lab has the specific um, um, uh, components to, to do the particular uh, serotype or strain uh, that, that they have. So if they don't have it, they just can't substitute the other one. They have to get it. That's costly to get it for a small group of backyard chickens. probably isn't going to happen. Uh, those tests, so, so are seventy-five dollars. So there's no,
0: there's no instant swap test we can do. Put it on a car, change color, like that was asked in the chat. No, though. not
2: that I'm aware of. Now, to, to plate it out and culture, like like Bridget's talking about, is a four or five day deal. Uh, she is mm-hmm. corrected all of that stuff. Not she needs me to correct anything, but um, if those samples aren't fresh, uh, if you're going to be keeping them for more than uh, you know five or six hours in transport, they need to be on ice in order to uh, to get where they're going. Um, and um, and I will agree 100%. You may take five droppings today, and you may not get anything. And that's the God's mm-hmm. honest truth, and that's, that's the thing about this disease. And then you might test the same five birds tomorrow, and you get a boatload of it. in each dropping. so droppings. Um, and it, some
3: labs will let you do pooled samples, too, to help
2: yep. with the cost. Yeah, and, you know, that might be a place to start. You know, pool a sample, you know, put some fresh droppings together from from some birds, especially if you've got birds with odd-looking loose droppings and that kind of stuff, and uh, put it together, run it to the lab, pay one price, and, and at least they will tell you, yeah, you've got salmonella because it shouldn't be showing up in a dropping period, so if, you're, if it's showing up in the dropping, you know you've got a problem, now you've got to find out who it is, and then, then you have to decide you know, where you go from there.
0: And we talked about it being, we talked about it being on the egg, in the egg, in the poop, on our tools, yep. cleaning out, on our clothes, in the dust. Uh, really, this salmonella can be uh, can be everywhere. Um, th- just to give our folks an example, if um, uh, for future, whether they, whether this this outbreak, another outbreak, no outbreak. Um, did you find, say, a, a, a cost of a vaccine? If, 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 is it out there for if, if the average backyarder wanted to do it? Maybe they have um, six birds. Okay, I can deal with six. Yeah. Is there a, is there one? Is there a cost involved to give them an idea without having? Uh, I, right, I don't have.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. have the cost. The the uh, called the, the company I deal with and uh, they, they weren't available to to tell me the price. To that. Right, It's not a vaccine that I that I normally would buy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I would never stock it unless I had uh, orders for at least 10 bottles or more um, because that's the way we have to buy them. But um, vaccination for a backyard flock, in my personal opinion, uh, having looked at all of the different you know, things that go on, uh, is not going to be a viable um, uh, situation from a standpoint of cost, from a standpoint of the vaccines don't stop 100% of the shedding anyway. Uh, so you're still going to have birds that are possibly could be infected and, and shedding uh, the uh, the bacteria as as well. Um, for the most part, um, the, the way it's being done presently, uh, and these things change um, fairly rapidly. So it, you know what I say today may change in uh, two weeks or, or a month. But the commercial folks are interested in keeping it from the, the chick in the first place, so they don't contaminate the hatchery. So. They're using a two-pronged approach in the breeding uh, stock, and they're using a a live uh, salmonella vaccine that contains the uh, uh, salmonella enteritidis and the salmonella typhimurium, uh, and then coming back behind with an inactivated, or what we'd call a killed vaccine, as a booster to that, and that's pretty much shutting down uh, the shed rate uh, through the egg. So they're, they're not having the difficulties there uh, that one might think. But it's still it's still a problem. This is not going to go away anytime soon. Vaccination is not going to be the only answer.
3: And, okay. and vaccination for enteritidis and Typhromerium, those are two different
2: serovars than the
3: serovars that That's are correct. affecting Mount seat hatchery. Yeah. And,
2: and there isn't any evidence that I could see uh, over the years that there is any uh, cross protection from one to the other, like there might be in a Newcastle, no. like there might be in a bronchitis. You would
3: have to create uh, an autogenous vaccine, and yeah. that's just not it's
2: not in the cards.
3: That's not practical.
2: So, in so a backyard strong. setting, small flock holder, um, you know, the uh, my answer to it would be: stay away from it. Uh, don't invite trouble. Do your due diligence. Your biosecurity. Uh, Make sure that uh, if you uh, are in a financial position, or your your state at least will help you out or do the testing free. Uh, I would be by all means uh, get the state to run those tests for you. Um, can't can't make it sm- uh, you know strong enough to to keep people out of your flock that don't belong there, um, and so because you don't know where they've been, you just don't know where they've been. They, they and you don't know
3: if your flock is positive, and you don't want to be the bearer. No. Well, I mean, this talk. is a
2: nightmare for a whole lot of people. I mean, you know, you, you heard uh, Dr. Casey say 60 is a big deal. You know, you might not think of it in those terms, but it's a big deal, and then having an, an inordinate amount of those people hospitalized uh, tells you that it's a big deal.
3: And think there of the want. people who got sick who haven't gone to the hospital. Yeah. If, you, if, if you had a, a 29 times 60, mm. that would be over 1,700 people who, who mm. didn't go
0: yeah. get tested. I, I agree. So, kind of to wrap this up, and then we can do some general discussions, and, and and it's been it's been great. Any other questions? We'll get to in just a second, and I'll, I'll check the chat room again. So, um, if my chickens are a part of this group from
2: Mount Healthy Hatchery, will they have this forever, Peter? I really don't know uh, of a way to um, uh, to totally eliminate this uh, from from a flock. Uh, Bridget was alluding to the you know medicating before. And she's spot but there's on. no
3: guarantees.
2: Absolutely. She's right spot on. And um, on average, uh, at least on the human side, there uh, is only about 20% of drugs work to any great degree and not across all spectrums of the strain. So uh, it's a huge problem. It's a huge, huge problem. Okay. Uh, I think we've already... We've we've already discussed
0: this question. If I got baby chicks from Mount Healthy and decide to keep them, will it affect my current flock? And we talked about that if you mix them and integrate them later on, yes, that, that is a very valid possibility. Um, we kind of talked about, uh, and, and, and all, every single one, I don't know if that's an accurate or if that's a generalization. Do all chickens have salmonella some type in their gut? Yes? No. No. No, that's no, not true. No. Okay. Okay. So, so when you see it's that, because I had that post, no, it's not a given
2: either.
0: No. Right. I just had that posted on on my Facebook time, uh, Facebook page a dozen times. All chickens have salmonella. Uh, no, they salmonella don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I just, I don't want to make that very clear now, so so those folks. And have it doesn't that always dedicated. have to be just
2: the just the gut either, Andy. The, uh, and and, the, and right. the, there is some evidence that um, on the, on the male side, uh, that it can infect the uh, the um, the reproductive system, but definitely on the on the on the uh, female side. As a matter of okay. fact, it has an affinity to go to the uh, uh, the uh, uh, reproductive system in the in the female versus the versus the. Uh, yeah, but not Infantis
3: or, or Newport.
2: Well, I don't know. I haven't seen any research on those two. They're kind of oddballs.
3: It it tend, yeah. Infantis and Newport aren't like Gallinarum and and Pelorum, which do have that track record. Um tends to be more of a horizontal transmission, thank goodness. But, um, you know, th- just be aware that salmonella it's got a lot of tools in its toolkit to get to the next generation.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. it does.
0: And um, I, had, I was going to say to wrap up kind of two more very important questions, and I forgot what of them it may come to me, but here's the first one, is um,
2: uh,
0: either Peter or, um, or both uh, and, and Dr. McRae, uh, I've got my chickens, I've decided to keep them, or I have current chickens and I've had them for five years, ten years, two weeks, it doesn't matter. When I walk outside and spend time on my chickens, I'm sitting on that five-gallon bucket, I'm handling, I'm picking them up, I'm, I'm inspecting for mites and lice and colds and I mean, all this stuff. What symptoms specifically am I looking for regarding a possible salmonella in my in my flock?
3: Well, this it, is a paratyphoid salmonella, so you might not get any symptoms.
0: But,
2: might not get any.
3: Yeah, isn't that so cool? Salmonella knows how to play this game, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. And and the other
2: and the flip side of that is the symptoms that it generally does show, other than possible mortality, which is probably not necessarily gonna happen with these two, but um, you know, is that lethargic listlessness listlessness, uh inappetence, not eating, pale combs, diarrhea, uh, that depressed look, standing around, just like they have coccidiosis, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to to make that diagnosis just sitting on the bucket in the yard, probably not going to happen. No. And, right. you
3: know, they, this is something they can give to your dog, your cat, mm-hmm. you know. So if your dog goes in the coop with you, don't let your dog go in the coop with you or your cat because they can they can carry that right back into your house. Darn it.
0: Okay. <laughs> this is, um, I, I personally cannot fit, yeah, you think about walking back in the house with the same, Well she usually just cleaned her coop or picked up the eggs or stuff. Do you want your dog to go through
3: the foot bath? Maybe your dog doesn't want to go through the foot bath.
0: And then so. your eight-month-old crawl through the carpet in the living room, and, and just and just get something. So this has been a tremendous show. It's been absolutely awesome uh, to say the least. So I'm going to go down, down down kind of the list. Our guest list now, um, Dr. Casey Berevesh with the, with the CDC. Thank you very much for joining us. Any last comments, suggestions, tips, uh, anything regarding this hour-long show up to this point? Okay, and she may have had to break away or she's on the other line. I see that she's still live. Um, so Maybe she's on the line, so we'll, we'll come back to her because uh, I know that she has not hung up. She's still with us on the, on the key, so we'll go next um, to uh, Dr. McCrae. Any, any last comments, suggestions, tips, anything regarding the, the, the show we just completed?
3: I feel for the people who are going through the heartache of dealing with this right now with their flocks if they obtain them from uh, an infected hatchery You've got some big decisions to make. I hope that you will consider some of the suggestions, including testing, getting a veterinary opinion, or just making that tough decision whether or not to keep them. Maybe it has to be a family decision. Um, but biosecurity is there on your side. If you have more than one flock, just keep your flocks separate until you've made that decision. And then um, if you can in your state, seek the advice and the attention of the extension service they are there to help you um, if there's any little questions that should pop up and you know do I do this or have I done this wrong if you do choose to keep your birds
0: okay. we'll do our best to help uh, you Dr. Baravich did you, did you chime in I thought I may have heard her come back Nope. okay and, and then we'll go to Peter Brown uh, also known as the chicken doctor founder of First State Vet Supply anything you'd like to wrap up Something that we didn't cover that you might find uh, uh, someone may find of interest or, or, or beneficial uh, before we wrap this up today.
2: Um, you know, I I'd like to just say that this this can be spread by so many different routes, and that that's my rub with getting the birds from mouth healthy in the first place. Not just them. I'm not picking on them. This is this is a serious thing. Um,
3: from any to, infected hatchery. Uh,
2: yes, it it, re- it has nothing to do with them per se personally. I've, I've no. That, you know nothing to do with them whatsoever, or any other one for that matter at this point. But um, you know th- this can be this can be they can be done in by by feed that's contaminated from a from a feed mill who doesn't do their due diligence on cleaning their their, their mill, or has a rodent problem there, or uh, any of these things. So uh, you need to know where where you're getting your your feed from. I, I get calls and, and things from people all the time, uh, messages. You know. Uh, they went to the feed store and uh, they bought some feed, and it was it was cheap because it had a hole in it. Leave it there. Oh, yeah. Let it be somebody else's <laughs> headache. Don't you know? Just don't you know? Fit, you know, for the five dollar oh. bill you're going to save, you just don't know how much trouble you could be be, be taken home with you. So, you know, th- there's a whole lot of things. Um, you know, as best you can you know, keep free flying birds out. Um, you know, this stuff spreads very easily through uh, dust. I mean, you know.
3: And I'd be interested in finding out, Andy, where that source of that contamination is. And, yeah, you know, for those of us who like microbiology, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. me, a total micro geek, <laughs> well, I, <mean>, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to know where where it is. That's, yeah, this, sure. That's what I did my several projects and, and my Ph.D. from. It's a mystery. Let's solve it.
2: I would I would like okay. to know what, what kind of, of course, we'll not, probably never know because we're not going to be privy to this part of it, but... I would like to know what kind of of, uh, uh, testing program they had in place, and if they didn't, shame on them.
3: Uh, Monitoring. Monitoring and testing.
2: Absolutely. That That, that was my next question. The next question I had, remember
0: I said I've got two last important questions and I forgot one of them. That was my next question, and I do think it it, it is valid to to, to talk about this really quickly, and that is – Everybody is so quick to spat out the backyard hatcheries, the backyard breeder, the you know everybody can you know. Oh, well, I'm MPIP certified, and so my birds are a bomb. You know, you, you, they throw that out there like it's they, they have the cleanest flock in the country, and and yes, um, you know, the, you go to their website now. How that MPIP? I know they're developing a new MPIP Plus program. Uh, they've been developing over the past year that may involve more tests. My understanding is. But um, so, uh, but real quick, Bridget, and, 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 and and is that has that become just uh, um, there's MPIP now. When you see the backyard flock, the backyard breeder, this that or the other, does that just become? Hey, I'm, I'm just showing my customers that I'm trying to do what's available to me to to do what I can to provide you with healthy birds. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people say, well. Like, like I said, th- today they test one, once a year a lot of times. That, that's it. They get tested once a year. I have MPI look, once a year. And then tomorrow they eat a rat turd and they, okay. and they have the salmonella yeah. or whatever the case <laughs> may be. So in okay. the next, so the Andy, next 364 Andy, days, yeah.
3: If you, have, well, if you are sourcing your birds from multiple locations, you can require that your source birds test clean multiple mm-hmm. times a year. Uh, or you must provide that testing yourself. You must pay for that testing yourself. So uh-huh. if I am selling chicks, I want my customers to know that I am compliant with as many different um, testing as, tests as possible. Um, I have some tests that I can do through my state diagnostic lab. I have some tests that I can do through certification programs like NPIP. Um, uh-huh. But you do have to monitor and mm-hmm. because every day is a different day. Mm-hmm. And yes, that chicken may eat a rat fecal material. <laughs> 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 All right? Yeah, I and that it, rat it. fecal material could very well be positive. And <laughs> you know, you you if you're someone who's who's dealing in the large output of chicks like Murray McMurray or Mount Healthy or Stromberg's, you're gonna have a monitoring program. And if you don't, um, you might you might not be happy with what pops up.
2: The, the you know a, a monitoring program um, you know is is important. There's no question about it. But um, I think that all of all of these things you can't hang your hat um, on right, just right. you know on just one thing. So you test. You tested negative, but if you didn't pick up the right bird, if you didn't pick up the right fecal material, uh, if it wasn't handled properly. if the test Right. Procedure Do you was have small.
3: the right amount of rigor built into your monitoring program? Exactly. You know,
2: so if you, if you don't have all of these things, then a, a, a monitoring program that you may have uh, is flawed and will allow these things to, uh, to go through. Uh, it, it's, it's perfectly normal. Um, if my memory serves me correctly and it doesn't always, Bridget, you can always correct me on this. I think a fecal sample that they actually sample is only about 25, 30 grams somewhere in that range. So suppose we don't have the twenty five or thirty grams that actually has the salmonella in it. It was in the other part that you left in the container. It's very possible. We know <laughs> oh, that
3: yeah. Yeah. we know
2: that you know, we know that not every piece of feed is contaminated with aflatoxin, even though it may be present in the feed. We also know that it may be contaminated with salmonella, but not every morsel of feed is contaminated either. Right. So if you don't get the right ones, if you don't do enough testing and you don't you know uh do the due diligence on it uh the testing program is for nothing so uh it's very very important uh from my perspective and there was obviously a breakdown in, in the in the in the testing procedures if they even have one at this at this hatchery because this has been an ongoing problem and for and a
3: we're not there we're not privy oh. to their their monitoring yeah.
2: no, information but, uh, I, mean, I I personally you know uh, have run a hatchery for several years i know. Uh, what people are, are uh, what shortcuts they decide to take, even though you've got written protocol hanging on the wall telling you what to do step by step, because they, de- you know, they're they're in a hurry. They want to get done. It's hot today. The job stinks. It's nasty. It's it's uh, you know, dumping awful trays, which is the leftover hatch, uh, you know, into a dumpster is not fun for anybody. And um, mm-hmm. you know, the,
0: well, we also of- we also don't know if if um, these infected birds are coming from. Uh, another hatchery there again. They're used. They don't even come to Mount Healthy. They don't even go through the door. They just are, 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 are true drop too? ship from another hatchery, you know, 40 yep. miles down the road, or, or you know, we just uh, we don't have uh, availability of that information at this time for the radiation. We may end up having that information sooner or later. So it may be. Uh, it, again, it may or may not be not it, it could be nothing to do with their facility and their eggs and their breeding yep. stock. These birds were shipped from a hatchery but for 2,000 miles away so that they were drop shipped with their label Malhealthy, healthy that they're using in a supplier. So yeah, we, we don't know any of
2: this information. I am so it may sure not be every single bird. Mm-hmm. I I am sure that Bridget, uh, over her career, has been in a commercial hatchery. And the dust, uh, the 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 down that floats in the air practically, uh, and they may have better uh, you know, ventilation systems today, but if those ventilation systems aren't cleaned and cleaned on a regular basis, and I don't mean just the filter, I'm talking about the ductwork itself inside uh, as well as the outside, um, when you have these contamination problems, the problem is still there. It doesn't go away that easily. Um, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot to it, and and if it isn't, you know, if you're not swabbing everything and you're not taking samples from the awful tray, uh, and looking at the at the different uh, the dead chicks and and uh, and so on, and taking samples from them, and I will tell you this, a lot of places are not going to do it because the cost is absurd. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. You. But I, I also have a funny feeling that the cost of this outbreak is going to be absurd as well. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you know the, the dollars and cents. Uh, you know by the time the lawsuits all get filed and and, and so on, you know that's coming. And, uh, but it, it's this this all has to be done, and there's many many things. I mean the, the wheels of the of the carts that that go in the hatches, if they're not properly cleaned, and there's there's leftover uh, down on them. If you've got uh, a flock of uh, uh, or, or a group of eggs that just came in from a flock that's contaminated. You don't know it, and you put them in with a whole bunch of other birds that are not. Uh, they all get contaminated. They go out the door, uh, and not only that, uh, it's it's. How long was it before the actual outbreak was discovered? Quite a long time. So I mean, you know, there's there could be a, a boatload of birds out there. I'm sure that have this. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to ask one more
0: time to see if Casey, uh, Dr. Beravesh, has uh, joined back. I know she's still live on, online, but she may be taking a phone call or in a meeting, um, and she may not be available. Casey, are you available? Have you joined us back? Okay. No. So that's fine. But I want to thank uh, our, our panel of guests today, uh, Dr. Casey Berevesh with the CDC Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and of course, Dr. Bridget McRae, PhD, poultry scientist, professor with Delaware State University, and Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, uh, founder of First State Vet Supply. You can visit them online, FirstStateVetSupply.com. So uh, I know Peter and uh, Dr. McRae, you're here. So thank you very much for coming on today and taking time out of your busy schedule and sharing all of your vast knowledge, decades of knowledge, with all of our listeners. We thank you very much for joining us.
3: My pleasure. Thank right, you, buddy. Andy.
0: Great, thank you very much, and thank you to uh, Casey there at the CDC. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we return after this short break, and tell you how you can hear Peter Brown and Dr. McRae on this regular on this radio show on a regular basis. We'll be back right after this.
2: You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the Dirty Waterer Zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chicken.
0: Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pins, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pins for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfge.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Wear Manufacturing. Alrighty, just one more and we'll be right back with you. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both Bantam and Standard-sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful Hen Saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hen Saver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer, Here to tell you that if you have backyard poultry, nothing is more important than making sure your feathered friends are safe from infectious poultry diseases. Learn the simple steps to keep your birds healthy by visiting this website, healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. That's healthybirds.aphis.usda.gov. A message from the USDA. All right, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Great show. Glad you could attend. Um, if you missed any part of the show, just a reminder, every show we've ever done over the last six years, almost 1,000 episodes are archived for your listening pleasure, absolutely for free at iTunes.com, Podcast.com, Zoom.com, and of course, just like you listen today, at BlogTalkRadio.com. If you enjoyed listening to our panel today, uh, two out of the three are regular guests on this uh, web radio show. Peter Brown the Chicken Doctor comes and joins us every single Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And poultry uh, scientist and uh, professor Dr. McRae joins us the first and third Thursday of every single Month and so you can uh, you can see our schedule at ChickenWhisperer.com. And uh, again, you can if you want to listen to a show that maybe was done by uh, Peter Brown coxidiosis two years ago, you can do so because all the shows are archived again for your listening pleasure. Um, I also want to take this opportunity to remind everybody that um, all this great information there was an absolutely wonderful article in the spring issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine that was written by. Uh, Dr. Casey Berravesh from the CDC. And you can get that article and every article. You can get the complete magazine for free uh, by subscribing to the digital edition. Um, you just have to visit our website, chickenwhisperer.com, and uh, then click on Subscribe to the magazine. And you can subscribe to the digital edition again for free. You'll get it four times per year, winter, spring, summer, and fall and um, get that information. It'll be delivered right to your email, so you can read it on your iPhone, your iPad, your laptop, your desktop, uh, mobile, however you want to do that. If you're a touchy-feely magazine kind of reading person, you can subscribe to the physical magazine. It'll be shipped right to your mailbox for $9.95 a year. But There's a great article uh, from Dr. Bridget McRae, from from Casey Today, from Peter Brown, all in that magazine and more. Um, And so we invite you to do that. And lastly, uh, we are... Uh, right smack dab in the middle of our May Ultimate Chicken Coop Contest and uh, you can get all the details about that contest um, at um, uh, on our Facebook page. We've been advertising it on our Facebook page, Hot and Heavy. The coop retails with free shipping for $1,500. It is an amazing contest and you too can enter I'll tell you right now how to enter in case you can't find it on our Facebook page and we'll be uh, posting uh, about the contest daily. But if you're interested in winning this wonderful coop, all you have to do is send us an email. Contest at chickenwhisperer.com That's contest at chickenwhisperer.com Test in the subject line. The subject line of the email, please put coop contest. And then in the email itself, please put your name, shipping address, and phone number, and then hit send, and you are registered uh, one entry per person, okay? But if you have a family of 20 people, if you all have 20 different email addresses, then all of you can enter. If you want your whole subdivision where you live to enter, then they can all do that as long as they are separate email addresses, so keep that in mind. You and your husband can't enter as long as you and him have a separate email or a different email address. So that's the way it works. One entry per email, one entry per person. Uh, Duplicates will be uh, disqualified. So pretty simple rules and regulations, uh, but we'll be giving that away. uh, The COOP will be giving it away live on the radio show. It looks like Friday, May 30th. So still a couple of weeks left to get your entry in, and uh, somebody's going to win that beautiful, beautiful uh, chicken coop so uh, you can get all that information on our Facebook page so uh, we invite you to follow us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisper and on Twitter at backyard poultry over there at, uh, at Twitter if you do the Twitter thing so again want to thank you very much for tuning in today great show great panel and we hope you'll continue to listen to backyard poultry with the chicken whisper uh, Monday through Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time hope you enjoyed the show God bless everybody
2: uh-huh. mm <laughs>